This episode is brought to you by Bright Colored Hair Dye. Thank you for getting all queers through this quarantine. Hallelujah. Welcome back, everyone, to my fave career chemist. I'm your host, Geraldo. And I'm Becca. For this week's episode, we have an extra special guest, and we are really excited to introduce y'all to him. Categories, Dow Chemical Eleganza Extravaganza. Welcome back, everyone, to my fave career chemist. I'm Becca. And I'm Geraldo. And today we're so excited to introduce you to y'all, an incredible chemist who's also a University of Michigan alumnus. Ooh, would you mind introducing yourself? So my name is Kyle McDonald. Um, I go by he, his, and him pronouns. I am a relatively recent graduate of the University of Michigan. I descended my thesis in 2017. Before that, I was an undergraduate at the University of South Florida. I did my PhD in Professor Master's lab and mostly metal organic framework chemistry. So we were making MOFs and hybrids of MOFs and then doing, you know, using them for a multitude of applications. So we did some uh, energetic material development, basically using them as frameworks for performing decomposition and then using the decomposed product as a heterogeneous catalyst and then some stuff for small molecule separations and things. So all very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are you doing now? So I, I am a senior chemist at Dow. Specifically, I'm in their performance silicones product development group. So I work on developing electrically conductive silicone composites and adhesives, right? So our, our primary uh, market driver there is, is like a lot of vehicles and stuff like that, right? There's a densification of all these electronic components, right? You have Wi-Fi in your car, you know, you've got front and rear facing radar systems. And, and so like, you know, you don't want your cell phone to ring and then one of those things malfunctions, right? And then, you know, you get crosstalk between these things. So we make uh, electrically conductive adhesives that can essentially develop like or create a Faraday cage around an electronic component in a vehicle, for example, to protect that from stray electromagnetic uh, radiation. So. Oh, Would you yeah. mind explaining a little bit what does it mean to be a senior chemist to people that may not be too familiar with the terminology from industry? Sure. So it depends on on sort of what group you're in, right? So the way that DAO is structured is we have a core research and development organization, um, and then we have business R&D groups. So in core R&D, the kind of work you would do is very similar to kind of academia. They work with the businesses directly on assortment of different project, uh, projects, right? So um, then if you're in the business R&D group, you work with the customers, right? And our customers are, I mean, you name it, there's a Dow product in it. And, and so, you know, business R&D, especially in product development, right? We are developing new products to meet customer demands, right? And sometimes that is for a specific customer. And sometimes it's sort of more of a general market need that, that is being met. So it's cool because I'm, I'm, in, I'm in silicones, which, you know, you guys know the curriculum of Michigan. I didn't learn anything about silicones when I, when I was at Michigan. Um, and, and sort of silicone chemistry is really, really interesting. And so coming into it, I really didn't have any, ex- any experience in that area, but it was very, very cool to learn a lot about the science from a you know, polymer chemistry, material science background, and then see how that applies to, to real things. So what I really like about sort of the work that I'm doing now and being in industry is that I, I know exactly where my contributions in, in, uh, in mm-hmm. science are going, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I understand that's going to go to some autonomous vehicle that's going to carry someone safely to their destination, or, or I know that it's going to impact this part of our um, of our world. So it's pretty cool. Can you tell us about your experience being an LGBTQ plus graduate student during your time at the University of Michigan? 
Yeah, so so I had a really positive experience overall at Michigan. Um, I was a little apprehensive at, at the beginning because I'm from South Florida and kind of moving to the Midwest, I was very unsure. I had never been. I think my recruitment weekend was the first time I had ever seen snow. Oh my yeah, God. I can totally relate so, to it. <laughs> I was not, you're from Puerto Rico. I am, yeah. Okay, so so I, I steal you. I, I, I remember like trying to not act like a child because I wanted to play in it because I <laughs> yeah. never you know what I mean? But I was yeah. trying to be professional at the same time. But anyway, so so yeah, so I, you know, I'm I'm from I'm from sort of central South Florida. I grew up in a you know primarily Latin American community, and my parents are extremely supportive uh, of the the gay community. My mom's a, a big advocate in the area, so you know, coming from that, I didn't really know what to expect. I think, and I, and I, I, I mean, eventually, I embraced it, and it was a good change. You know, I, I met a lot of really nice people. I think, you know, listening to your podcast in the past, right? I think you both have had similar experiences, um, mm-hmm. not just in the department, right, but, but also more broadly than that. You know, the, the Detroit and Arbor area is really full of of a lot of really awesome people who are diverse and and are, and are really fun. So, you know, I, I also got involved when I was at Michigan in recruiting. I know Elizabeth. Oxford is not the grad coordinator there. I think she's in Tibbs or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but we had gone to many many conferences to do recruiting. So we went to SACNIS and OSTEM, and it was it was a cool way to to sort of embrace the community. Especially OSTEM for me was really unique because uh, they were playing like RuPaul theme songs in the middle of talks, like in <laughs> oh between. This was it was it was so cool. I was just like, wow, like there is that exists. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't see that very often. Um, so and, and it was nice to have the support of the department to do so. So mm-hmm. I really like that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, is there any advice or words of wisdom that you can impart on younger LGBTQ graduate students or undergrads, people who are just starting out in their career in chemistry? Yeah, um, I, I would definitely tell people not to underestimate their value. Right. So, you know, you, you know, not, not just in science, but just in the world, right? So we are a unique people, right? We bring new flavor to, to any situation, especially an environment where you're trying to innovate. Um, and I think that, you know, don't, don't put yourself into the box of what people think, of what you think people want, right? Just be yourself. And, and I think that you'll learn that people will appreciate you for that. And, and, um, and you really inspire other people to, to be their whole selves, right? So that's what I do. Yeah, that's good advice. What do you think is one major way people in academic chemistry spaces can better support LGBTQ plus and also underrepresented minority students? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to support any university group that that deals with sort of creating a community you know, a sort of cross-departmental community that sort of like-minded people can go, but also people can can go to be advocates and can sort of learn about that that particular community. So things that come to mind are SCORE. Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys are, are affiliated in any way with SCORE, but um, students of color of Rackham, amazing. I, I went to a lot of their picnics. Um, yeah. You know, OSTEM, you know, has a chapter at Michigan and a lot of other places and SACNIS, I know it, it does as well. So I think stuff like that, you know, making sure that they're putting a precedence on, you know, creating a, a place where people can go and, um, and find their community. And I think cross-departmental is important too. So, you know, mm-hmm. not just staying within the chemistry envelope, but, you know, physics and, and psychology and, and all this stuff. And you just meet lots of people that have a lot of things to say um, and a lot of things to teach you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important in Rackham, our graduate school, really works in trying to do interdepartmental activities and get everybody to share and meet other people from different departments. 
So that's a really good thing yeah. to do. Um, do you feel like you had like that support when you were at Michigan? I know you said that like you got to do a lot of like recruiting and like hopefully furthering like the diverse population of like our program and everything. But did you personally feel like you had like that support in cross departmental yeah. or cross like identities and backgrounds with different students? Yeah. For sure. I, I, I really did feel that way. And I don't have anything to compare it to other than right. my undergrad. But but I, I did feel like they, they put a premium on making sure that they were, you know, fostering that environment for the new talent that comes in. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really important for, you know, people that come from like, like for me, for example, me, you know, coming from a place where I was, I was very comfortable, you know, and then coming to Ann Arbor and looking around, you don't always see people that look like you. So I think, you know, it's, it's very important that you let people know that these things exist. Hey, there, there's a place where you can find community and, um, you know, yeah. So how did you find your way to Dow Chemical? Yeah. So, I mean, you, I, as you know, I, I think you guys sit in, you know, a building named after yeah. um, <laughs> Dow, right? But, um, you know, we obviously recruit really heavily at University of Michigan. I heard about this symposium that we do at Dow called Dow Best. Um, I'm on their organizing committee now. Um, and BEST stands for Building Engineering and Science Talent. I could literally talk about it forever, but, but I, I will just say that it's a symposium that's primarily intended to introduce underrepresented minorities to PhD students and postdocs, right, to, to careers in industry and at Dow. And, you know, I applied and was accepted. I didn't really have an expectation of what I, I, I didn't, I had never done anything like it before. I never did any REUs or anything like that. So, you know, when I, when I came to Dow Best, I immediately felt like I was part of the team. And so, you know, you see kind of big, scary, true science, you know, you know, one of the largest chemical companies in the world. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh gosh, I don't know what that's going to be like. I need to zip up. I, I have to take my earrings off. You know, I, I don't know, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. But but going into it, I immediately felt like I was like I was part of the team, right? It, you know, and and they created such a such a nice environment, and it has, as we'll probably discuss later, that feeling has continued in my professional career here. Honestly, um, it was cool. I, I, so that's how I came, right? I, I went to the symposium, met a lot of really great people who are still friends. You know, my friends now, both participants as well as um, professionals who are there hosting us. So you learn a lot about, you know, what does it mean to be an industrial scientist? What is the structure of DAO? You know, what are what are things that you can, you know, tools you can use to be successful in your careers, whether it be DAO or, or any other place. So, so you know, I I, I took a, a lot of that home with me, and I and I use that now in my professional career. But I definitely, you know, I, I got contacted very shortly after the, the symposium, and I interviewed, and you know, here I am. It's been almost two and a half years. <laughs> since uh, I started at Dow. That mm -hmm. was in 2016, I think, was when I attended the symposium. So is that symposium geared towards more like senior graduate students? Yeah, so I, I think that you have to be, or the recommendation is that you're within 12 to 18 months of, of defending or finishing your okay. postdoc. Okay. Um, so definitely, at you guys, right, or anybody listening, please contact me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am, you know, willing to, to discuss this further with anybody. It is a really, really great program. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're kind of not sure, right? Like, what, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Mm -hmm. um, do I want to be, you know, in academia? Do I want to be, you know, in industry? You, you learn a lot. And there's a lot of takeaways, too, that you can use anywhere you go. So definitely reach out. Sounds great. Nice. Awesome. So kind of blending a little bit of your academic and now that you're, you've been in industry for a little bit, blending those into your overall like chemistry career thus far, how have the different identities that you hold played into this journey? Has, have there been good experiences, negative experiences? Like how has that affected your growth thus far? 
Yeah, I, I think super early on, right, like looking around and not having anybody to go, hey, if you can make it, you know, so mm-hmm. can I. Or, or teach me what you know. You know, I, I don't think I had anybody that I identified with. So I think that was definitely a hurdle that I had to get over, which I, I appreciate things like this podcast, right? Because you guys are helping to propagate the excellence within our community, which is very cool. And I mean, you know, there have been times along the way where I have felt like I needed to be smarter or I need to be stronger than everybody else just so that I could be taken seriously as a scientist because I don't super fit into the stereotypical, you know, I'm passionate and I'm crazy and I sashay. And when I get, when I get good data, I say, yeah, can I do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's not what you think of when you're watching TV and you see a scientist who's very, Mm -hmm. you know, so I definitely, you know, I I had to get, get it out of my head that I, I don't have to fit into that mold. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a scientist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, and in terms of that representation, right, in my professional, you know, career and, and via, like, you know, the Twitters and, and different ways of communication now, I, I have found um, within DAO, outside of DAO, many people who are mentors to me who are in, in the LGBTQ plus community, you know, and they give me passion and energy and, and all kinds of um, good feelings. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, that's great to hear. I think that's, like, one of the like greatest things about like what we've learned from this podcast is that like even within the LGBTQ like chemistry community which is like a little bit smaller there are so many like different stories and people who come from completely different backgrounds or who Mm -hmm. may seem like they may be similar but have completely different experiences and I think that that is like a really cool thing that we get to like I don't know like listen to all of these different experiences and we get to yeah. say, like, see, we're not, like, all the same, and mm-hmm. you can exist as all of these different, like, identities. You can have all of these different experiences and still be a chemist and still be a successful one, where, like, however you define success. So. Yeah, you both should be incredibly proud of, of what, you, what you guys have done. Thank right. you so, so much. It gives me butterflies. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much. It gives me <laughs> Thank you. So going a little bit more specific, how mm, how's your been your experience as an LGBTQ plus chemist at DAO? Yeah. Um, so first, probably a, a good thing maybe to start with is what is DAO in terms of inclusion? You know, what what do we represent? What do we want to be? Right. So, and then I'll tell you sort of how that has impacted me. So mm-hmm. so first, I'm lucky enough to be part of a company who our mission, right, that we have four things that we want to be, and, and that is the most innovative, the most customer-centric, the most inclusive, and sustainable material science company in the world. Some would say in the universe. I don't know. <laughs> but those are the four things that we want to be. And, you know, coming into the company and learning that inclusion is one of the four things, right? Big material science company, huge company, yeah. global presence, really mm-hmm. important in our, in, our, in our world. And then knowing that inclusion is one of those things. So, so that, was, that was very impactful for me. We have a chief inclusion officer. Her name is Karen Carter. If you don't follow her, follow her on Twitter. Okay, um, <laughs> She is totally do it. She's one of like the most inspirational people and it's electric. You know what I mean? That passion that she has for inclusion and for, you know, um, employee experience is, is, is electric, right? So we have 10 employee resource groups. So these are things that are geared towards not just celebrating diversity, but, but also educating people 
um, educating each other on on sort of what it means to be part of a specific community and 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 also creating allies and advocates for those communities. And so, you know, these are things for for example, for women, for LGBTQ plus people, for Middle Eastern, for African American people, for young people, for old people, all people. So we have an employee resource group uh, for anyone. And 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 these groups are not just social groups, right? So our Glad network has worked really hard to support the marriage equality bill that eventually, you know, it, now we can we can go get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've made that very clear publicly, right? And and lobbied for for uh, marriage equality, right? Our Glad network also worked really hard to make Dow, you know, one of the first companies to openly come out to support the Equality Act. So they're not just social groups; they're they're groups to advocate for the people you know, who are, who are in the company, right? Who are from all different backgrounds and stuff like that. And specific, this is really cool. I think you guys will like this. Specific to LGBTQ+, right? So our CEO, Jim Fitterling, um, has this amazing and incredibly brave coming out story. Um, so him and his partner, Alex, live here in Midland um, and are doing amazing things. So for me, you know, coming into a company that just wants me to bring my whole self to work and do amazing science, I couldn't be prouder. And, um, you know, I have everything I could ask for in, in a company. And I, I wish that same thing on anybody mm-hmm. uh, like us who goes into the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I didn't know that about the, like, CEO. That's that's really yeah. incredible. I think, like, we've also talked about, like, we don't have that many people that we can point to in, like, academia or definitely industry. I feel like we're even more disconnected from like mm-hmm. the industry mm-hmm. world if you're not if you're not directly a part of that so like we don't really know that many people who are out and proud and also like very yeah. successful and like mm-hmm. doing really good things with their lives and like helping yeah. helping the cause of other people also which is that's incredible here yeah and, and and you know again it's it's crazy because I went like I said before right I went from having who can I identify with and then I really it was it was the Dow Best Symposium that I started to learn about all these things so I, I feel like I know so much because I, I have, I, I, not just because I work for the company, but because I've, I was able to come to Best and, and learn about all of these different aspects of the company. But, you know, that's really awesome to think about going from, hey, I don't have anybody to identify with to going, I have numerous people to identify with. You know, one of them is the leader of our company. You know, yeah. and then um, and then I have this whole network and community of people who care for me and, and, and who want to see me succeed, um, not just because I'm a good scientist, but because I'm Kyle, you know, for yeah. all of that, you know, right. and, and like I said, when I get good data, I, yes, you know, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you flavor every day. Yeah. That's great. It is very important that it's a company that not only says they're inclusive, but they actually are inclusive. Yeah. And there's yeah. a big difference between those two things. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about like Mm -hmm. departments and like programs that are like, oh, we have diversity and inclusion as like a key pillar of our program. But then like, yeah, you actually look at like the policies and Mm -hmm. things like that. And that's like not actually true. So I wanted to ask, like, um, are there specific policies that you know of like within Dow that have to do with like supporting LGBTQ employees or even underrepresented minorities? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't have an exact date in mind, but for a long time, um, you know, Dow has extended the same benefits to same-sex couples as well. Um, so I'm engaged. Congrats. Congrats. That's so exciting. <laughs> I'm flashing my ring in the camera. Um, 
So, so my aunt is in the other room. Um, so, uh, so we still can get those benefits and, and they're all the same, right? And the other thing that's kind of nice is the, on our anti-discrimination policy or non-discrimination policy, you know, sexual orientation and gender identity are listed on there. So it's really, you know, it's like talking the talking, walking the walk to me. And at least I, I feel like um, you can be, you know, out here and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's safe. And the other thing, actually, as you guys are looking for companies to go to, you know, to work, look at the corporate equality index. There's a nice criteria that you have to fit, not just for the LGBTQ community, but also for, you know, underrepresented minorities. So, you know, we've got a hundred percent, I think for the last 13 or 14 years. Wow. So, so look at that, right. As you're looking Mm -hmm. at what you want to do, you know, with, with your life after grad school, which I'm sure is going to be fabulous, you know, <laughs> check, check out the corporate equality index, you know. That's gotcha. great. Thanks. So now that you have been in industry for a little while, do you see any like key differences between like academic spaces, like University of Michigan and then industry when it comes to diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives and things like that? I know that like, we all know that University of Michigan is like, a fairly progressive place to be as a graduate student, which is really awesome for us. But I'm curious as to like what differences you see there. I would say there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. Okay, that's um, good to hear. Between the two, yeah, definitely. But one of the things that I've learned since being here, DE&I, so we call it inclusion and diversity because so the logic there is that we want to create an uh, an inclusive environment that will then result in a more diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. Because if you get the diversity first, if you get the numbers, but you don't have the inclusive environment, you're not going to retain that talent or those people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and they're not going to be happy. Yeah, um, okay. So, but, but regardless, right, I think that, you know, we can all agree that it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. What I learned a lot since coming here is that there, there is actually, I mean, so we being us, in this call or any any minority group right we're a big consumer we're a huge consumer we make up a lot of what drives the economy and so there is a business case behind fostering an inclusive global environment and then more specific to that you know there is a business case to to fostering an inclusive work environment whether it be in grad school or it be here in industry and and the example that i can give is that if i come to work and I feel like I, I need to be in the closet because I don't want people to know because I'm, I'm fearful for my job or whatever. I think that I'm using half of my energy in my brain mm-hmm. to sort of put myself back into a box. Again, right, that mm-hmm. box that people want me to be in or that I think people want me to be in. But if I don't mm-hmm. do any of that and I can focus and I feel included, right, I feel like I'm part of the team and I feel like people appreciate me for being, for being who I am, mm-hmm. then I can use the full brain power that I have to, to innovate and to do really special and fantastic things. So, I mean, there, there's a, there's a financial and business case that is associated with, with this whole thing, which I think is so important because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it isn't just the right thing to do, but it is the sensible thing to do as well. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I think we've, we've talked a little bit about that and in, in terms of like being a graduate student in like labs and stuff is like, we are much more productive or like, more mm-hmm. willing I feel like to get really good science done when we feel safe mm-hmm. and respected and mm-hmm. validated and so I think that's just like another important reason like you're saying to like I don't know have these policies in place or even just have like a culture that really does foster yeah diversity and inclusion and and really like putting putting that to work putting that to work every yeah. day I think that's something that 
like I think about a lot. I don't know if a mm-hmm. lot of straight people think about that as much as we do, just because we're like so often in like situations in which we are like othered or feel isolated or alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like the more people that that think about that and that really value that, the better. Yeah, will get done. Definitely. Yeah, and I think you know in grad school, I wish I had asked more questions. I ask so many questions now because I'm not yeah. afraid to, to do that. I ask mm-hmm. a lot of questions and usually, you know, what I, I know people say this all the time, right? But I ask questions and usually somebody else in the room is like, oh my gosh, thank you. Um, yeah. I didn't do that in grad school because I kind of didn't feel comfortable enough to do that in, in, a, in a larger setting. So I think that like making sure that people feel regardless, they can have a voice, they can speak, no one's going to judge them. It, it makes it, so much easier to to do what we do as scientists so like yeah you're completely right I mean you know making sure that you can can go into your lab and and do work and ask questions to people without feeling like they're going to be like you're not smart or whatever you know yeah Um, I think Michigan is a great place for that right I I always felt very very comfortable um, being a learner you know what I mean and a teacher yeah so who's your biggest role model in chemistry and why there are so many. Um, oh, you, you can you can really, mention more than one. It, yeah, it really depends. So actually, I specific to the chemistry department. Oh my gosh. Okay, so at Michigan there are so <laughs> many. Um, for various reasons, I have the utmost respect for my my PhD advisor, you know, Masker. I mm-hmm. I um, he's kind of colloquial. You know, he's just referred to as Masker. Like we don't say anything else. But I have a lot of respect for him. He has taught me a lot. He's given me a lot of strength and sort of the wind under my wings. You know, Anne McNeil, she's such an advocate for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of her stickers in my office. Yay. I've given them out yeah. to people all over the place. Um, the, the sort of rainbow periodic table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I learned about this professor, Professor David Smith. He's from the University of York. Um, yeah. There's a poster in the hallway, right? You guys have probably seen. So, so um, he, first of all, this guy in England is, you know, a big advocate for diversity and inclusion and specifically for the, the gay community. You know, I think he does like super molecular nanomaterial or nano uh, chemistry and like molecular gels and stuff like that, which kind of him and, and Anne have very similar research interests in that way, I think. But, but he, I guess the story goes right. He became interested in using his science to solve issues related to cystic fibrosis because his late husband was, you know, suffered from this, um, from this, this disease. Um, I, I just, his story really inspires me. So he's another person to follow on, on Twitter, as is Anne McNeil. She's very active. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so. so this is the last but most important question. <laughs> Are you oh, watching no. <laughs> the latest RuPaul Drag Race season? I was going to ask. Yeah, but I, haven't no. seen, I haven't seen the newest episode. So oh, I haven't, I haven't seen last week's episode. I'm like three episodes behind. So like, oh, no. no but, oh. Who's your favorite? I have to say DJ Good. Oh, my God. I love her. I also love Jada. Okay. Yeah. I, I love Jada. I, I really like Gigi Good. She's kind of like the whole thing, right? Like yeah. she's giving me Viola Chachki vibes. Thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. She's, she's gorgeous. Because she's really, she's, she's got like a lot of the talent mm-hmm. um, that, you know, a lot of the really like, you know, fashion queens mm-hmm. tend right. to not Lack. also be <laughs> extremely funny. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's uh, talented. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I've seen clips of her Snatch Game, which is this next episode, which is supposed to be really, really good. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that. Okay. I'm watching it tonight. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Very, very important. That's so funny, Geraldo. I thought that like halfway through this interview and I you was did. like, where can I like insert this question? And like me and Geraldo oh. are, are on like the same wavelength mm -hmm. about everything. So I have a really good friend. So you guys know Roxy Andrews? Mm -hmm. Yes. So yes. I'm from Orlando and, and Roxy's from Orlando and, and she's a good friend of mine. She's lovely. I love and, like, Roxy, Andrews. With Roxy Andrews. <laughs> Like, I need Roxy to sew everything that I wear because this is not doing it for me. You know what I mean? I'm going to rhinestone yeah. this jacket. That's amazing. You have officially yeah. become, I think, the most famous person I've interviewed thus far Listen, just because of that. When they finally let me out of my house, I am going to come and we're going out to lunch. Yes, oh my please. God, yes. please. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. My treat. <laughs> Sounds good. So, last question Where can people find you on social media? My Twitter ha handle? Yes. Is it a yeah. Twitter handle? It's a Twitter <laughs> handle. Um, it's at Kyle A. McDonald 90. Like all one thing. Yeah, reach out to me. Anybody is welcome. Yeah. That's, Yay, that's awesome. So, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. This was really amazing. Yeah. Remember to fill out the nomination form on our Twitter if you're interested in being interviewed for the show. You can follow us at MFQCPod. Additionally, if you'd like to share this podcast with your department, institution, or organization, please reach out to us at myfavecurechemist at gmail.com, and we'll send you the appropriate advertisement. So we're starting a new segment on the show called Tea Time, in which y'all, our listeners, can submit emails or voice recordings telling us good news, what y'all are doing to stay happy and sane during this quarantine, or just general funny stories that are getting you through this chaotic time. We want to hear it all. We'll feature your submissions every week on the show. You can submit them to our email, myfavequeerchemist at gmail.com, or DM us on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from y'all. And remember, if you can love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. <laughs> Bye. Adios. Mm -hmm.